if you don't mind, may we just rise up. For a few minutes, we'll do a bit of a background, and we trust that the Lord will help us thereafter. Exodus chapter 2. And there went a man of the house of Levi, and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she eat him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, and dubbed it with slime and with pitch, and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to with what will be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it, and, uh, and the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became a son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens and espied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew one of his brethren and he looked this way and that way and when he saw that there was no man he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand and when he went out the second day behold two women of the Hebrews sorry two men of the Hebrews strove together and he said to him that did the wrong wherefore smitest thou thy fellow and he said who made thee a prince and a judge over us intendest thou to kill me as thou killed the Egyptian and Moses feared and said surely this thing is known now when Pharaoh heard this thing he sought to slay Moses but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water, and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood and helped them, and watered their flock. And when they came to Reuel their father, he said, How is it that ye are come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and also drew water enough for us, and watered the flock. And he said unto his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that he have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter, 
And she bare him a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in this strange land. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his holy word. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Brotolu, what are we celebrating today? Amen. <laughs> it was yesterday as a flow. Oh, praise God. So, what happened yesterday? Ah, okay. All right. Please, whatever is saved from that program, let's have our share. Amen. All right. Yesterday, Brother George got uh, a new accommodation. And um, so his address is no more lucky. His address is Victoria Island now. And uh, which, uh, it's like a high maximum security environment. <laughs> so if you, want to, if you want to go and visit him, make sure you book in time. You call him so that they can help you do clearance at the gate. Uh, it's a it's an high powered. Uh, how do they? How will I describe your house? <laughs> it lives on the 11th floor of Kuramo Beach Residence, uh, one of the most beautiful residence high rises in the Victoria Island. That is where he lives now. So that is where he lives now. And uh, you are welcome to visit him, but you have to do it by appointment. If you think you go there, say, I'm going to see my brother. They will, if your brother is kind, you will see him at the gate. Ah, okay. You will see him uh, at the gate. So we thank the Lord for that. Uh, that wasn't his own design. That was the way it was arranged and designed. But anyhow, we congratulate our brother for his new residence. Also, the Isaacson also have a new residence now. A beautiful two-bedroom flat somewhere tucked in the Kurudu there. I also saw that too yesterday. So we congratulate our people. Amen. <clears throat> Brother Enogela is in Benue. He's gone for some family uh, uh, program engagement. So let's hold him in our prayers that God will keep him until uh, and uh, bring him back safely also. And we welcome Frejon. Where's Frejon? Frejon. After service, enjoy French time with Sister Rebecca. Eh? Uh, uh, elle est Francais. <laughs> so, we welcome uh, him back. The wife is still away, and uh, she's called to send us greetings also. And so the, did uh, Power Robot. They are all doing well by the grace of God, and uh, they are happy to know we are fine here too. God bless every one of you. Have we welcomed Rochikodi back? We have welcomed you back. Oh, praise the Lord. You are welcome back anyhow again. Amen. Alright, so this morning, okay, the Kurudu people are also here this morning. Before they tell us that we didn't recognize them, the Kurudu people are here this morning. I saw one of the sisters uh, 
greeting my personal lawyer. How many of you know my personal lawyer? That is why I'm not afraid to get in trouble. <laughs> Amen. Uh, it looks so, so, but I will not get into one, nevertheless. So don't cook trouble for me. I'm, I'm only joking. <laughs> it looks so hot to see her on a Sunday morning. And this I said, ah, 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 ah. Happy to see you this <laughs> So, God bless you, my sister. Amen. Her husband went to deportize for me in Newe and is doing a good job by the grace of God. Brother Victor, we welcome you too. Uh, to uh, who else we welcome? Sister Hannah. Uh-huh. All, uh, Sunday morning. We do see them Wednesdays, but it's a long time we saw them on a morning like this. Who else is from there? Brother Jerry, you are from there. Oh, ah, 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 ah. yes, oh, God bless you, brother Jerry. You are a good man. You see, he raises and you have not also welcomed him. But we appreciate brother Jerry. Amen. And uh, <clears throat> I must tell you, he took very good care of us when we went to what's the name of it? Isokolan. He took very good care of us, and uh, we are so glad to identify with him in that moment. Amen. He buried the dad. Uh, it's getting to how many weeks? One week ago. Amen. Our prayers are with you also. So you and brought Toby, you are in the same league. And uh, the Lord will keep you all and bless all of you. Amen. You are welcome back. The wife is also doing fine and the kids are doing fine. It's for certain reasons she's not able to be with us yet. Or is she around? She's yeah, because uh, She's the closest to our dear little brother, and by doctor's instruction, he should still be under a bit of a quarantine. So that's why she also cannot be too exposed. But we're in touch. How many are in touch with them? Uh, you say, you say the hands. Uh, I won't say shame on you. I will not say so. But I think we should do something better than that. And the Lord will bless you as you call to encourage them. God bless you all. So for a few minutes, let me just give a background to the scripture that we have read and uh, we'll, we'll go into it much more later. Amen. Uh, last uh, two Sundays ago, we started our study on the book of Exodus. And uh, we told us, we, we've just finished the book of Genesis. Amen. And uh, we told us that Exodus means a calling out. Amen. And uh, there have been two calling out, that two callings that God has done, and the third one is presently ongoing. The first time God uh, did an exodus was when He was calling a nation out of a nation, and uh, this is the story we are reading here. The aspect we are reading is still a background and they build up to the exodus. God was going to call Israel out of the land of Egypt. Amen. And uh, the second one was when God was calling a church out of religion. For our guests, it will interest you to know that before the Lord Jesus came, uh, there were so many denominations that were on ground. In the Bible times, they don't use the word denominations, they use the word sects. 
like if I will say today, Baptist sect, Deeper Life sect, uh, Redeemed sect, Anglican, you know, that's what they use at that time. As language evolves, they keep changing words. So what was Ithato called sect is now, is now being called denominations. Are you following? So in the days of Christ, uh, denomination that we, as we see today is not a new thing. It has always been there. And denomination is always a product of different ideas of people about what God says. Are you catching it? God does not want any man to live by his idea of what he had said. He wants people to live by God's own idea of what God said. That is the only way you can be right. And that is why in the book of Galatians chapter 1, Paul told the church, he said, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He never said, I live by my faith in the Son of God. They are two different things. His faith in the Son will be his opinion of the Son, which Jesus experimented in Matthew chapter 16. In Matthew 16, he asked the disciples, Who do men say I am? Are you catching it? And some said he's a teacher. Those who believed that Christ is a teacher will form a doctrine around that and they will become a denomination. The people who believe that Christ is a what? Teacher. Some said he's Elias. Those who took him as Elijah will form a doctrine around that and carry on with the denomination Jesus the Elijah. So what Jesus was showing by that simple experiment is the failure of denomination or failure of your opinion of him. So after he listened to all, he came back and he asked, but now who do you say? We have heard what others said. And it will always come back to you as an individual. Who do you say he is? Now, for you to know who he is, according to that experiment, and for God to accept your confession of him, you need revelation. So, revelation won't make you a denomination. Because revelation will open the mind of God and make you speak the mind of God. Are you catching that? Abel and Cain, they needed beyond their senses in order to understand the sacrifice. Am I making sense? Because God spoke to the two people at the same time. Each of them saw the need to atone. Each of, because sacrifice is a form of atonement. Are you catching it? Each of them saw the need for that atonement. But each went with what they thought God meant. When both came back, listening to the same sermon, or the same demand or request, we saw Abel responding to that word by bringing a lamb. And we saw Cain responding to the same word by bringing beautiful, nice fruits. And, uh, you know, even cash crops. Crops that could fetch big money. 
it's a carnal theology to suggest that Abel's sacrifice was rejected because, uh, sorry, Cain's sacrifice was rejected because it brought bad things. There's no scripture for that. It's, it's, a, it's kindergarten's thinking. So sometimes even our hack bishops, they have kindergarten thinking. What the Bible said was that Cain's sacrifice was excellent. Read your Bible. So meaning he brought the choices of things. Cain was much more religious than you think. It wasn't like a, just a bad miscreant. He professed love for God and he has attitude for worship. It's just that he does not have the life because he lacks revelation. If you are like that this morning, good church boy, good church girls, but without revelation, when your life, when a demand comes out of your life, you will offer something wrong. I'm telling you that Cain's life is not far from all of us. So, don't look at Cain as an area boy. He might have become that later, but that was not how he started. He was very religious. If the Bible could say somebody brought an excellent sacrifice, don't doubt it. You say, how did he say? What the scripture said was, Abel offered unto God a more, so, much, more, most. So, if Abel offered something more, that means Cain offered much. So it wasn't as bad. His offering wasn't as bad as you thought. Amen? But what his offering lacked was what? Revelation. The mind of God wasn't opened to him to know exactly what God meant. He offered by his own opinion of what he thought God meant. But God will only accept his opinion of himself. So we need revelation, church. We all need it. You need it. I need it. Everybody does. When we have the true revelation of God, you will never be a denominational person. Because denomination is a product of man's opinion of what God says. You will take God's opinion of his own self. May God give you understanding. May God give you understanding. Am I making sense? Intelligently, spiritually, may God give you... So in the days of Christ, you have... This was what took me to that. We are dealing with Exodus. We have the Pharisees. The people you call Pharisees, they are not a society. They are churches. And if you read your scripture very well, they represent the benchmark of church and religion in their day. I'm going to somewhere. The Sadducees are also churches. The Sahendrins, they are churches. The scribes and the Herodias, they are all churches. But guess what? Why do they have such different names? Because they subscribed to the opinion their own opinion of what they thought God said. Let me give you an example. If a man is a Pharisee in the days of Christ, he sees no other person 
holier than him than God. Even Paul had that opinion. He said, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisee. As touching the law, I am blameless. That rich young ruler was of such a sect. And he lived so high until when God's eye went into his life, he found nothing wrong in his life. The only thing God found was that he loves his money and he worships it. That's the only thing. Which that may not be a sin in itself until it becomes a sneer. That was why God said, you lack just one thing. How many believe the testimony of Christ? How many believe the examination of Christ? Is that what they said about that brother? Just one thing. If you will look at the life of some of us, will he say just one thing? Come on church. Do you understand it? That is how far they lived. He has risen above many things and yet without the Holy Ghost. Because they school them. There are churches who school us today. Those things didn't come by revelation. You will see the difference between a bride and a church person. They didn't come by revelation, but they can school you to a particular way of dressing. They can school, school you to a particular way of talking. Somebody shout hallelujah. And people train themselves and they believe that when they shout it like that or say it like that, it brings the presence of God. It's a schooling. It is not conversion. It is not holiness. It is not pure. It's a schooling. They school you in the past to wear only sandals. Yeah. And the way you do the trouser, straight trouser, sear soccer trouser, and they call it holiness. Those things are schooling. And people get so schooled and, uh, you know, until they get the identity and the image of the opinion, such that when you see them, you say, this brother is from this. The Pharisees were higher than that. They, they taught resurrection. They taught about angels. For you to know the differences, Sadducees that is so close to them, that is like their competitor, they said there's nothing like angels. There's nothing like uh, resurrection. When you die, you die. That's the end. And each of these sects, they carried only one thing. The Bible as it was then. Yeah. The Old Testament that is called Torah. That's of what everybody carries. The only difference between that Bible and then is that the hacks of the disciples. The New Testament has been added. Are you catching it? But they had the Bible as it was then. And from that one Bible, they have their different sects. The Bible was one then, and it's still one now. But the ideas were plenty. Are you catching it? Meaning people take their opinions as the definition of what they said. And that was why when Christ came, he did not find any of them fitting to identify which. He never joined any of them. Let me tell you unequivocally, I bet is he equivocally today, unequivocally, that if he comes again today, he will not join with any of the denominations. 
as pious and religious as they will be. What will he do? He will do what he did then. Amen. Instead of joining with any, he called his own out of them. And he gave us a second exodus. So God called the church out of religion. He called them out of ideas, opinions, thoughts, feelings that they had personally about the world into the revelation of himself. And in these last days, the third exodus is calling the bride. Bride of Christ, wave your hands to Christ if you are one. Are you one? Wave it properly. He's calling the bride out of the church. You love him this morning. So these are the three exoduses that we have. And God has always been the one who call out by himself in all the exoduses. Are you following? That is why each exodus was vindicated, dedicated, and announced by the pillar of fire. Are you here? The pillar of fire never appeared in these last days for nothing. It is to announce that another exodus is going on. Everybody look up here. We did not put this picture here for guests because of this white man you are seeing. But this picture is here this morning because of this aloe of light that is on top. Because the prophet said you must look at that picture correctly. To look at it other than that is idolatry. So, and why do we cherish this? Because in the God bless you. In the Bible times, the Bible has told us about the angel of the Lord. Or he call it a pillar, the pillar of fire. It's like a pillar, amber color. Or the angel of the covenant. Many of us don't know it. Amen? Even people who were around at the time that he made, that he comes down, they didn't see him. But God used technology to the advantage of the kingdom in these last days. What is unique about this picture is that it wasn't taken by a believer. It was taken by an unbeliever who was taking pictures with the intention of attacking and criticizing the message of God. But his action turned out to be a blessing. Because Christ is the master of all circumstances. There is nothing under heaven that Christ is not in control of. Even Satan is under the control. Headship, rulership, operation of God. You say for all that he does, I say yes. If Satan is able to act by himself without any check or charge, then is equal to God. But we have accounts in the scripture of many things he had he tried to do, but he couldn't do until he get permission. Did you catch that? He couldn't attack Job until he has permission. And he cannot attack you until he gets permission. The question is, will Christ ever give him permission to attack me? If it is part of your building block to masterpiece, yes. 
You don't want to say amen to that. Nobody wants an attack. Amen. But it's part of the package sometimes. You have nothing to fear. God said all things work together. Eh? All means the negative, the positive, the ambivalent. So whether he attacks or not, it cannot change your destination. It cannot change your stature. It will only add contribute positively to your masterpiece. That is what a believer believes. Because that is what the scripture said. So God sent this pillar of fire to announce as you are going to see when we start this first exodus properly before the church could come out and start marching into their promise the pillar of fire had to come down because it is only the pillar of fire that knows the way it is only the pillar of fire that can guide you in divine direction what a privileged people we have that we have tons of the messages that came from a pillar of fire somebody veiled the pillar of fire to interpret the word for you that interpretation is sure is correct is sound seek nothing less you are a privileged people don't live an underprivileged life everything I'm saying if you are if you are not out of town if you are in Lagos Come for the rest of it. I'll be showing you one by one from the scripture. Are you following me? Yeah. Because the pillar of fire was the one who brought all the exoduses. And that pillar of fire is the Lord Jesus Christ. In his logos form. Because one day on the road to Damascus, he appeared to a man called Paul. Who saw, yeah, who was zealous to the contrary. He thought he was serving God by maiming and killing the real believers. But nevertheless, is a what? Is an elect. Huh? He carries the seed of God. Even though he was ruthless, he was a murderer. He has concerted and sponsored many deaths, many ascents, many things. If you judge the book by the cover, you are going to miss it sometimes. God told Ananias the prophet because the name of Saul become a, became a terror. Just like today, if they say Bokwara Mental Town, all of you will leave this place. That name Saul became a terror until when God told Ananias the prophet, you are going to lay hand upon brother Saul. Eh? He must have asked God, repeat yourself. And he told God, in case God forget, he said, that guy, sir, from the due diligence we did on him, hey! But what was the answer of God? He said, don't worry, he's a chosen vessel. Some vessels are chosen that are waiting for their time to manifest. This is why every believer must have a large heart. Amen! It will take a large heart to be forgiven. Even kidnappers want forgiveness. And you see, let me tell you, you will just be doing a reasonable thing. What Romans chapter 12 called a reasonable service to forgive. The prophet said it's a test of Christianity that you could forgive somebody who will kill you if he had the chance 
and you know it will kill you. Your brothers have not attempted killing you. And they will not kill you. Thank you, brother George. But for the little, little things they have done in your life, some of you have reserved their judgment until the kingdom of God. It's a sign you won't be there. You think I'm joking? It's a sign you kneel down. I'm going to take a spiritual armor now. It's a sign you won't be there. Bow! So that you will know it's not a slip of tongue. The prophet said, it's them little, little things that will keep you out of the kingdom. He said, don't ever allow one root of bitterness to come out of you. Well, until you come to a point that you rise above every art, you are not yet a Christian. Say, Amen. amen. <laughs> How many is traveling to adoption? That is part of your adoption packages. Some things you do, you think you are doing a big deal. It's not a big deal. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 said, Present yourself. You can finish it for me. A living sacrifice. Holy. Which is your what? It is the normal thing to do. That's why the Bible calls it your reasonable service. The, just the normal thing, the intelligent thing, the, the, the right thing. In other words, you are not making much more sacrifice by living a life of purity. What is expected of a Christian anyway? Amen. Purity, holiness, joy unspeakable. Amen. Forgiveness. I told you that if the bed pain utterances of Hebrew mothers located and positioned their children and determined their fortune in life, if you were truly born again, your mother also made a birth pain utterance. And all she was uttering in the pain of your delivery on the cross of Calvary was, Father, forgive them. So if you are truly born again, forgiveness will be too natural for you to offer. If you cannot do it, you are not converted. You will have to tell us who your mama is. And your papa too. Spiritually speaking. Amen. So those whom you have written of, go forgive them. You say, I'm deeply hurt. I'm deeply hurt. Rise above your heart is a reasonable thing to do. Don't worship hurt. It will kill you. It will send you out of the kingdom. Worship the word of God. The word is the image that we worship. Praise the Lord. You love him? So the pillar of fire was responsible for the three. On the road to Damascus, he met Saul. And Saul knew that there is something strange about this light. You know why? To show to you how sound he was in religion, he called this pillar of fire Lord. So this is our Lord here. Mm. You say, preacher, don't be sacrilegious. It is not a sacrilege. Do you know on earth today, this is where I'm going to stop around. On earth today, this is the most supernatural photograph ever taken in religious history. There is no second, there is no third. I challenge you to go and do a research. Till today, this picture 
is in the Library of Congress. That is where Americans keep outstanding documents of all centuries till today is in the Library of Congress. I was told, and I have gone to see it myself, is there. You've seen it yourself. Is there. It's not been held by believers. It's been held by American government as the as the most supernatural photograph ever taken among mankind. It's in the capital of the U.S., Washington. So we are not we are not glorifying it. And you know, before they could accept it, it went through thorough examination. Because when the photographer of the critic took 36 pictures of demeaning, you know, postures, you saw a man who lost his gentlemanliness when he couldn't sustain his Bible argument. And he started behaving rough. And he told his uh, photographer, be taking it so that they can make an issue, a big you know, you look at picture and it will pass a message. That was what they wanted to do. But the God who is master of all circumstances went into the dark room and destroyed 35 exposures. The only exposure that survives is this one. And when they printed it, even the man, Reverend Best, and his photographer became perplexed. But it was too late for them to do something. The devil deceived them that they could use this now to finish the prophet. And it became a contentious document. And FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, took the picture up and said, we are going to subject it to the most advanced examination to determine whether it, is an, it was an illusion or just a fault of Maybe somebody went to create the mark in the negative or it is a real picture. It is a real being that was object that was standing there. And after several weeks and months of examination, American government had a press conference to announce their findings. And the director of questioned documents in the FBI said, Mr. Brown, step forward. He said, you will his name is George J. Lacey. You can go and Google. He said, George, he said, Mr. Braham, you may die like all mortals, but as long as there is a Christian civilization, this photograph will live on. He said, after all examinations, we have come to the conclusion that the mechanical eye of the camera did not take an illusion. It was a real being, an object that was standing there. The prophet who had been familiar with that picture, with the being, because he sees him. That is why when you come to the prayer line to be prayed for, he will ask you, how are you feeling? Are you feeling something sweet and around you? He said, look, that pillar of fire, that angel of the Lord I talk about, is just two feet away from where you are standing. That is why you are feeling the way you are feeling. So he knows him. He could tell him. Amen. If this is not helping you, he's helping our children. Because this is a fact they must know. Things that will never die 
memorial that may outlive us if Christ has not come. It's a memorial outliving even the messenger himself. He's not here today. We're talking about it. Hundred years from now, this will still be true. And it will still be relevant. It is not strange nowadays that a lot of Pentecostal bishops are beginning to talk about the greatness around the prophet William Brown. Why would they talk about it? Ah, it goes back to the book of Acts chapter 4. That a notable miracle has been done cannot be contested. There was never a messenger like him. And neither will there be one. Because it brought the mind of God to this generation. So what we received is a revelation. And that is why we are not a denomination. And the beginning of righteousness is revelation. Because that's the only way to bring the right thing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord keep you. Those who made it in the first Exodus got into the promise. Those who... Oh, yes. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Those who... No, I'm alright. I won't go back. Thank you. Those who made it in the second Exodus entered into their inheritance. And in this third one, assuredly, only those who are called out will obtain the first resurrection and the body change which is called a rapture if you are still in denomination hear the voice of revelation 18.4 come out from her they might be religious amen they might be ritualistic but they don't have revelation if they have revelation they will not teach three gods amen it is always he that sat on the throne. Just one person sat on the throne. Some of you will be disappointed when you get to glory. They made you feel that there will be God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Even the Bible never taught that. Hear, O Israel. The Lord I God is two. Is three. What I saw in my own Bible that is not corrupted. The Lord I God is one. Who divided it for you to three? The eternal spirit. Amen. God is the spirit. Amen. But you need the price of the blood for your sins. Spirit does not have blood. Then David saw what God did. A body as thou prepared. God prepared for himself a body. It was human's idea that divided God into three. Amen. The theme of the scripture is that God is still one. And that one God is a spirit. His body is called Jesus Christ. When he divided himself among us, he became Holy Ghost, the comforter. This is why Paul said, without controversy. They call it controversial doctrine. But the idea that it's a, you see that, the idea that is a controversial doctrine is not supported by the scripture. The scripture said without controversy. All controversies around God that has been settled. But it can only be accepted by revelation. And that is when you will not be a denomination. So if you are one this morning, come out. 
Some of you are backsliding outside of the message. Let me tell you, tomorrow it will be the message. Next tomorrow it is still the message. You can never be satisfied until you find your path back. In yourself you know it. That you are just playing games with your life. Come back this morning. And you will find a time of refreshment in the presence of the Lord. So those are the exoduses. And upon it we shall build all these things that happened. We need to study the book of Exodus to see what happened. Then we'll understand what is happening now. So join us in that study and the Lord will bless you. God bless you. May we rise. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We give you glory from the depth of our heart. The Bible said, the entrance of your word minister life. We do not know how the spirit moved to convict men. But Lord Jesus, we have seen the moving of the spirit many times. Father, we pray that this spirit will move again to touch the hearts of your people to make them realize it is beyond affiliations it is beyond oh god being part of a gathering it is their soul that is involved lord for our body we will be so careful not to take your feet haphazardly dear jesus how much more is our soul oh god we pray for the spirit of revelation your prophet said if revelation is beyond you the only way you are going to get it is by spiritual endowment. It doesn't come by human endowment. Meaning we could speak from morning till night. If you don't inspire it in the hearts of the people, they will still go back the way they came. Oh God, but we pray this morning that we shall not go home worse, Lord. Lord, let the seed of this word be sown in our heart. Let it begin to give us an awakening, a consciousness that will bring deliverance and salvation to our soul. Bless your church, Lord. Your grace took us through the previous study. Open up the revelation of yourself even more and more to us as we navigate through the waters of the book of Exodus. May you teach us from on high. May you bring its relevance to our day-to-day living that indeed our redemption might be pure and truth and we might be able to comprehend your program for our lives. Do it, dear Father. Thank you for the audience this morning their patience and all that you've done for them. We pray, oh God, that your blessings in their life will be permanent. We thank you for the testimonies of your servants, Lord. Oh God, may it touch us somewhere and bring souls, oh God, to salvation. Be our help as we go for a break. Return us back in the afternoon for another dose of your blessings. Till then, keep us in fellowship with you and with one another. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord bless you.